Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. Have you, uh, have you ever been set up? Did any, anybody ever set you up for something, maybe a prank or whatever? Has anybody been set up with a prank? Let me just tell you of a setup. Uh, this, <laughs> as teenagers, we do crazy things or we do different things. This wasn't so crazy, but... Um, this was before we were married, and uh, uh, we went to uh, friends of ours, uh, to their place, uh, myself. I think there was Andrew and maybe Ernie. I, think, I don't think Ernie was there, but Andrew and, and myself and the two brothers. We used to be in a, in a Christian band. And, and so, anyways, um, we had, uh, I was going to be meeting up with Julie uh, so we, I, I think I was like 17 or 18 at the point. Julie was at school, university. She was coming home for the weekend. And uh, there was, uh, so we were meeting at the Allison's. And we decided, well, hey, let's, let's pull a, a bit of a prank. So what we did is we, we had everything uh, all the lights and whatever on. We went downstairs in the basement. We took the breakers and we turned. We just figured out which ones would turn the lights on and off. Okay, so we, we got them all set downstairs in the basement. We had recorded uh, some heavy breathing um, on our, you know, back in the day. Some of you, I know this generation doesn't remember, but we had tape recorders. We could actually record ourselves. Now I know we do it on our phone. But we could record on these little tape things, and so we had that set up. And once again, it was on a plug, and we knew which plug it was, so that, and it was set to play. And at a certain time, we'd turn the switch on downstairs in the basement. The recorder would start, and there would be some heavy breathing or whatever, okay? So <clears throat> we knew roughly what time they were coming. So it was Julie and two, two other uh, sisters. So it was three of them coming. And so they came into the house, and we're downstairs trying not to, to tee-hee too much because uh, we thought we're going we're gonna to play this prank. And so they were just wondering, hey, where, where is everybody? And uh, so they came in, and they, they sat down in the, in the living room, and it was at that point that we turned off all the lights. So all the lights went off in the house. And I, I, then it was... You know, it's, uh, you know, what's, oh, the power went off, you know. So there might have been discussion on that. You'll have to talk to Julie afterwards. But um, then the tape recorder came on with the heavy breathing. And apparently the, the two younger girls, like, practically jumped on Julie, and there's screeching and whatever. And uh, at that point, uh, shortly thereafter, we... We turned the lights back on and came up and had a good laugh. Julie got really upset because I uh, had wasted a little bit of, of our time together uh, as uh, two, two individuals that are, were so much in love. And uh, so what are you doing? I only come down once every once in a while, once a month, and, and here we're wasting time on this foolish prank. Um, anyways, uh, a setup, to be set up. Title today is Set Up or Stand Up. Set Up or Stand Up. We have elections coming up. Uh, we just voted. 
uh, Julie and I voted yesterday, the early vote, and uh, this is the first time in my life, and I've voted every single time that there's opportunity to vote, I voted. We, are, we live in a democratic society, vote. You need to vote. Uh, so if you get the card or whatever coming in, you go and vote. This is the first time as I, I just stood there, there was five names on the ballot, and it's like, well, who do I vote for? Who do I vote for? I know that there's one that I wouldn't vote for. I just found out that there is a party. You look it up. At this point in time, if they get back into power, let that be a little clue to you, that they are looking to uh, stop or any organization that is is pro-life, pro-life, that they will remove their charitable status. So just so you're aware, I mentioned that already on Wednesday, that basically, should they get back into power, our charitable status would be removed because we are pro-life, we are not pro-abortion. So just so you know how serious it is that the times that we're living in. I would definitely not vote for a, a, a party that doesn't acknowledge Israel. That doesn't acknowledge Israel. In Genesis 12, it talks about God saying, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. Any nation that has not acknowledged Israel, has not stood with Israel. And you may say, they're not perfect. In fact, they are a, a country that has not acknowledged Jesus Christ. There are those that are Messianic Jews. They are believers like you and I. They've placed their faith in Jesus. But the, the number of those is far and few between. It is less than 1% of their entire uh, national uh, population, less than 1%. So a, just a part of 1% believe in Jesus. But the Lord says, I will bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. Speaking to Abraham and to the nations that would come from Abraham. All the Arab nations are from Abraham, but not from Abraham and Sarah. They have... The Arabs and the Jews have the same father. They have different mothers. And so the Arabs are from Abraham and Hagar. And the Jews are from Abraham and Sarah. And the Lord says, I will bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. It talks about us praying for for those that uh, are in authority. In 1 Timothy 2, it says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead. Listen. Why? Why do we pray for kings and who are in authority? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and fear. Actually, there's, there's a few things in there. So, for... Uh, to lead a quiet and peaceful life in godliness and fear. In godliness and, 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 sorry, and reverence, sorry. Godliness and reverence, that there would be 
the opportunity to gather together. Godliness. And reverence. Reverence not just to other individuals, but also reverence to God. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It immediately goes to the main focus of what it should be in any country is the fact that the gospel would be shared. And I recognize the gospel is spread and shared even in those countries where there are those that are opposed to the things of God, even to the point of killing those that are of God, children of God. We need to continue to pray for Afghanistan, those that are there in that country. Last week, last weekend, I met uh, four Iraqi uh, men, young men, who had left their country because they were Christians. They, had, they were believers and followers of Jesus Christ. They left Iraq because their life was at stake. They could not follow the government. They could not follow the things that were being put in place and the chaos and the whatever that was ensuing. They had to flee their country. But the point, the main thing is that people would come to be saved, that all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. He's saying that is what, I, that is what I've been called to do. That, that's what you and I are called to do, is that the gospel of Jesus Christ would go out, and, and especially today and now that we would not be caught up in other things. I'm going to be touching on some of those other things just briefly. I say, Pastor, is God sovereign? You better believe he's sovereign. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is after he died, was buried, and he rose again, and he's telling his disciples, that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what the church needs to do in these last days. We need to go out and we need to make disciples. We need to teach them. I had a call this week. Somebody said, listen, are you, hey, can we do the, um, the new believers class? I've got some people that have come to the Lord. I've got four individuals that I said, hey, listen, you, you let me know when you want to start. I said, we can have more than one uh, uh, group at a time. I, I say, thank you, Jesus, that that would be your heart and my heart, that people would come to know Jesus. It's exciting when you see somebody get saved. Last Wednesday, was it this last Wednesday or the Wednesday before? This Wednesday, last past Wednesday, right? Pray. There was four young people that gave their life to the Lord this past Wednesday. Can we give the Lord a hand? Come on, that's, this is worthy of, of, of celebration. Absolutely. So just in the last week, there's eight individuals or more 
that uh, have come to the Lord, that there would be a teaching of who Jesus Christ is and saying, this is just the beginning. The Lord says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, right? 2,000 years after this was spoken, the Lord is saying, I'm here with you to the end of the age and the work that you need to do. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. It says, it says in Colossians 1 verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's for us today, to be filled with the knowledge of His will. What does God want to do in your life? And all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Lord, let it be. Not my will, your will be done in my life. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm going to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit that is within me. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We have something ahead of us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We stand right and just before God because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Now listen, this is the God that we serve. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Jesus existed always. The Son of God always existed. There is no beginning. There is no end to him. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, invisible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And, is, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the, the body, the church, that's us, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. That he may have the preeminence. God, that you would be first in my life. Jesus, you would be first in my life. Set up. You know, to be set up, to be conned is not good. And at this time... I'll tell you, there seems to be something that is not quite right with how things are going. In 2 Thessalonians 2, and I already said this last year, near the beginning of this last year and a half, something is not adding up. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time, talking about a restraining against something. It says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, and only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming, the lawless one being the Antichrist. The Antichrist is not exposed at this point in time. He is alive, but he has not been exposed or revealed yet until he... The body of Christ is taken out of the way. In the meantime, there's a restraining of the mystery of lawlessness, the things that are not of the law. The law is being put aside. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 3 verse, from verse 17 first. 
And I just want to give you a little bit of background. At the point of this, of these individuals, three young men, three young men, it is 580 B.C., 580 B.C., the country or nation, empire, it's more than just a nation, it's an empire, is Babylon. Babylon is the superpower of the day. And these three, there are three young men and many others, but these three in particular that are in this story that happened over 2,500 years ago. The king that is in power at the time is King Nebuchadnezzar. They say, historians, and what they've come to realize is that Babylon was a, an opulent. Not only was it a powerful nation, but it was opulent. Like there was just a splendor about Babylon. And its height, at the height of its opulence, was at this time, about 600 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar had been in power now probably for over 20 years at this time of verse 17 and 18. And here there's three young men that say, if that is the case, there's a preamble to that, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So let's go back a little bit and find out about this fiery furnace. Let's find out about the situation that they're in. So let's go to the beginning of Daniel chapter 3. And once again, this, the title of the message today is Set Up or Stand Up? Question mark. Set up or stand up? I, um, I thank God that he is sovereign. I want to read, before I read from verse 1, I want to read... Chapter 4, these are the last words of the king, Nebuchadnezzar. These are the last words that King Nebuchadnezzar spoke. All right? It says, And at the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. Now, this is the, the king of the superpower, the empire, the Babylonian empire, King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever, for His d dominion is an everlasting dominion. He's not talking about His dominion. He's talking about the dominion of the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is talking. Here is the king, an earthly king, the most powerful man that lived at that time on the planet is acknowledging God. Why? Because there were people that stood up. There was an acknowledging of people that stood up and they were able, they were desire, or they were able to get to the place of saying, even if it would cost us our lives, even if we're burned up, it doesn't matter. I will stand up. 
Whether God saves me from this or not, saves us from this or not, we will stand up. And because they stood up, there was an acknowledging of God. There was things that were done because God is sovereign and God sees his people. I'm not saying that there's not persecution and I'm not saying that we may not even face, we may face death. But I am saying this because our brothers and sisters, there have been many that have already died but, but not once did they bow to a setup. Not once did they give in to the con, if, it, if you would. They did not give in to the pressures. They did not give in to fear. But they stood up for Jesus. So, let me continue on. This is, these are the last words of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel 4, verse 35. He says, or at the end of... of Chapter 34, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? And at the same time, even as he acknowledged God, his reason returned the reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. God gave back his kingdom, if you would. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. The man had a dream. I'm not talking the dream from chapter 2. I'm talking another dream that he had. And he was, this dream disturbed him. It was about a tree, a mighty tree, and it being cut. And had bands of iron put around the base. Anyways, it had to do with Nebuchadnezzar. He was the tree that was cut. And he talked about seven times, seven years. That he would, there would be the dew on him, that he would eat grass. And it says, that's exactly what happened. As he was full of pride and arrogance. A year after that dream that he had and the interpretation that Daniel gave to King Nebuchadnezzar, a year later, as he was just in wonder, he says, this is what I've accomplished. This empire that I have, I've accomplished it. Listen, we have an arrogance in our country today where, where there are men that are in power that are saying, this is what I will do. This is what I dictate. Whatever level it is, there's been edicts and there's been things decreed. And it's almost like there's been a, a consuming a, and a, a lust for the things of power, even going against the law, that which is of, of, that is good. They're coming against it. And here, Nebuchadnezzar spent seven years in the field. Seven years he was in the field. It says his, the, the hair on him became like feathers, thick. And his, his nails like claws. The last thing that Nebuchadnezzar says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and an honor. I, I praise and extol 
and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. And we would not walk in pride. I can do it by myself. Listen, if you, don't, if you are not submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, you will find that you are failing. You are going around in circles in your life. You need to submit to his will. Lord, let your will be done in my life. And here, King Nebuchadnezzar is praising and extolling Jesus Christ, giving honor to the king of heaven. According to this, <laughs> it sounds like King Nebuchadnezzar is in heaven. That he would have given his life to God. It would not surprise me, according to this statement, as he acknowledges God, that he is in heaven. The mystery of lawlessness. Are we going to set up? Are we going to be set up? Or stand up? All right. So, let's go back to this story. Daniel 1 verse, or 3 verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. You say, I don't know what a cubit is. What is that? Cubit? Is that a cubit? A cubit is about the length of a man's forearm. So, most say the minimum length, 18 inches. So, this thing was 60 cubits. That's 60 plus another half makes it 90 feet tall. You might say, how tall is that? Our building here to the very peak of the roof is 42 feet high. So it would be another set higher than our church building, which would make it 84 feet, plus another six feet on top of that was the height of this image. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon, and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, so the different leaders or officials, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So, the, so we're talking all the officials of the country. So the satraps, the administrators, and this is why, why there was, well, there were three young men that stood up or were there as well. They all came together and, uh, for this dedication that he had set up. Now, if, if you'll notice, I've already said set up twice. The dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And again, it says they all came, the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud to, to know, to you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery service, a furnace. So all that time when all the people heard the sound of the, the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lyre, and symphony with all uh, kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the image, the gold image, which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And I know I missed one because I counted earlier, and it was actually six. Six times in this passage, it was he, what he had set up. There are things that are being set up 
at this time in our country and have been set up. There is something not right. And I know I haven't, I've, I've talked a little bit about this in the past. There is not, there's something that is not right. I, now, you say, Pastor, you don't believe that COVID is real? I believe that COVID is real. I don't have a problem with that. Where it or, originated, who knows whether it was man-made or natural. And I'm sure that you have uh, your viewpoint and your information on that. And so today, I'm not talking about necessarily uh, people being separated or divided on their, their opinion. I talked about that a few weeks back because we have a greater work to do, and that is stand up for Jesus. We're not, it's not about COVID or all these different things. We would stand up for Jesus in these last days because there is not much time left. Folks, we don't have much time left. And there's a work that needs to be done. It is not to be stuck in our houses and, and, and unable to get out to talk to anybody or meet with anybody. I'll tell you that is not of the Lord. I'll tell you. I know we do, listen, we do things with wisdom, right? All of us, we do things with wisdom. I don't think any of us would say, you know what, we want to do things out of foolishness. But what if you're being set up? What if there's something that's not quite adding up? Would you respond to the deceit of man? Can I just tell you this? Before World War II, Germany took off like you would not believe. Became industrious because of a man. Check out the history. Check out the history. But the intent of the man was one of deceit. And over the course of the following six years, from 1939 to 1945, Six million people died in a fiery furnace. Six million people died. Most of the German people didn't even know what was going on. They knew. I know because I, I heard stories from my father that the, the Jews were being rounded up and they were fleeing. And I remember my dad saying, yeah, he could remember. They sheltered Jews in their house. My grandparents, my grandmother and, and grandfather, they sheltered Jews. My dad, as a young boy, said, hey, I guess it was your mom or dad said, hey, you take them on this route to, to escape, to get away. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if I get the last part right. So even as they, they left, there was one family that they helped that years later, they got a word from them. They got word from them. They had made it to the United States, and they got word from them that they were okay. They were alive. You know what? It's one thing. We trust. We trust. It says in Romans chapter 13, it talks about that to obey that God has put into place 
government for our safety. What if there is a deceit? What if there's, there's something not right? There's a mystery of lawlessness. The narrative coming out of or beginning of January 2020 that there was a potential of, of millions of people or hundreds of thousands of millions of people dying here in Canada. And even as it came out, as the word got out, there was a, a, a response. This is how we need to deal with it. And we did everything. Listen, folks. We, you and I, we've done everything that we could to do things to keep safe. Verse 8, Daniel 3, verse 8. Therefore, at the time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews, they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, who, you, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and, and symphony, with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. I'll tell you right now, what would you do? What would you do if you're in that position? What would you do? See, there's the one aspect of bowing down. Okay, I, I guess I can bow down. And if, if that's a problem, in fact, I, I'm sure there were many that would say, I'm not going to bow down to this image. But there was another thing that said, you know what, if you don't, there's going to be consequences for you that are extreme. It is a thing of fear. You don't do that, this is what's going to happen. It's not just fear, but there's a reality. So now there's everybody bowing down. Everybody's bowing down. Now listen, I know this, this, this message I, is not an easy message for me. But at some point, folks... We may have to take a stand. In fact, you will have to take a stand for Jesus. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews, O king, whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. And Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear, now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? 
Folks, when we stand up for Jesus, the Lord will deliver. Listen to the response. I started off with this, this passage, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they didn't even say, well, okay, let's go through it one more time. We're going to bow down. Or, yeah, let's do it again, and we're going to, we're going to, and they're making a choice to say, well, we're not going to bow down. We're going to stand up. They didn't even go to, hey, you let the trumpet sound. Let all the things be done in all the music and festivals. They didn't even get to that place again. They answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, who have no, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Like, he's probably saying, I know you guys. You guys are good. You are good administrators. You are good leaders. For goodness sake, bow down. I've made a decree. It's, it's done. You need to bow down. Listen, there are decrees that have gone out, and I question some of these decrees. There's a thing of deceit. The numbers don't add up. You say, Pastor, come on. Listen to me. I don't know if we can put that one thing on the screen. This is from Stats Canada. We got it up there. Stats Canada. Okay? You see, there's, there's a bunch of colored lines. This is the number of deaths. Okay? Number of deaths. This is from 2015, January 2015, to December. All right, see on the end it says uh, 1211. What is that, Ange? Is that... So into January, March, goes to March. Okay, so it goes to January of 2021. So this is all the number of deaths. The black line on the very top is deaths of every, from every different thing. Every single different way you could possibly die. Every person that dies is plunked into the Stats Canada, and this is for Ontario. This is for Ontario, okay? And this is before COVID. 15, 16, 17, 18 is before COVID. You will see that there are peaks. Now, those peaks coincide with the flu season. And so you have these peaks during the flu season. In fact, 2017 and 2018 was a nasty year. It was a brutal year. And at its peak, there was, by week, 300, I, I see going to the left, is number of people per 100,000. So the peak in, on that is, I think, 380 people that died in, looks like January of 2018. It started in, in December or November. December or even earlier, it goes on. And the peak is there in December of 2018. Okay? 380 people per 100,000. Okay? So you have to multiply that by, there's 14 million plus people. So you'd have to multiply that by 14. Yeah. Okay, it's by age group. Okay, so let me, let me. Okay. 
Okay, let me explain it. I'll explain it so they can hear, okay? You'll see there's bottom lines there. You see the very bottom line is just above zero. This is just above zero. This is all deaths. COVID, no COVID, all right? All deaths. The number of people that died, that very bottom line is ages zero to 44, is like one or two per 100,000. One or two per 100,000 is the bottom line. This is Stats Canada. If you'll notice, last year when it started, we had about 9,000 deaths all across Canada. In Ontario, at the end of the year, 2020, at the end of 2020, there was around 4,500 deaths. 4,500 deaths in Ontario, according for COVID, right? Well, if you look, so the 1920, 1919, 2020, then covers going right to 2021 at the very right hand. That part there, that highest peak, if you'll notice, this is all deaths, COVID included, is less than it was in 2017. And if you'll notice, there is no jump for those that are 0 to 44. For those that are 45 to 64 years of age, there is no increase. When there should be that big spike there, there's no increase. For those that are 65 to 84 is the pink line. That's that pink, faint, pink, pink line. There is a slight increase on the right, but not major. And the next one is 85 and over is the, the highest blue line there. And all of them combined is that high peak there, which is less than it was in 2017 and 18. The point I'm trying to make, something is not right here when it comes to COVID. There is something that is not right. Now, I, once again, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. But there are, are things that have been put into place, and one of the the most insidious has been this. And I'll quote two, two different factors, okay? One is from the spiritual care person that coordinates all spiritual care people in all of Niagara region and all the hospitals. That's over 350 different people that come in. I think it might even been higher than that. And Mr. Robert Bond, who is this care individual, I asked him personally, and I said, I asked, I said, how many people, you have all these 350, now there's about 1,500, but th at that time, in that first wave and the second wave, there was 350 that were designated to go into the hospitals. I wasn't allowed. There were people that died. I was not able to go in and see them, and I was furious when I called him this is the last time. I said, there's somebody in the hospital and I want to go in and see them. Can't go in. You're not designated. You don't, have the, you don't have the pass to go in. I said to him, I said, how many people of your 352 have died because of COVID? They're in the hospital every, pretty well every single day. Every day. Going in to deal with the people that are sick. How many of them have died? And with a little bit of Rejoicing in pride, he says, not one. Not one. And they're right in the first and foremost. And I said, 
I, I, he says it's because they do the right procedures to keep safe. I said, do you think perhaps that it could be the fact that God says that we should go in and pray for the sick as they're called to pray for the sick and that God will do a work of healing? Do you think that maybe he's keeping them safe because they're doing the work of the Lord to go pray for the sick? I said, how many of them got sick from COVID? Not dying, but got sick. He said, one got sick, but it wasn't from hospital. We found out it was from outside of the hospital. May I say this? Not one single person has got sick from coming to church in the last year and a half since we've been open, and we've done everything. We have done everything from, we'll, we'll come max five. I can remember last year we had New Believers course happening during the, the shutdown, and we would, here's what we would do. Let me just say what we would do. So there were seven as part of the group, so we split the group so there would only be five people in the building. And then we had two groups then, so five and two, or five and three, because the person given the, the other was there, the teacher was there. So there's five and three coming in. We did everything. Not one single person. Why? Why do you think... If the Lord said, as you see the day approaching that we would assemble together, would he say, you know what? My word does not stand in the face of COVID. I am a weak God. I can't take care of COVID. Once again, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Because there are people that we know that have come down with COVID. Maybe you had COVID. I had COVID. I mentioned that. Before it all happened, I had COVID. Went to watch a first time I ever to an NBA game. It was a great game. There were thousands, tens of thousands of people packed in as they came in through. I picked something up. Within a week or so, I was, man, did I have, I had a, a fever. I was coughing. This was before all the, the different things came out. It was end of February, beginning of March. The Lord will keep us. I know some of you may have loved ones that have passed away from COVID. You would say, you know what? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain, but there's a work that needs to be done at this point. I'm not saying to be foolish. I'm not saying to do stupid things, but I'm saying that we have to, there's a work that needs to be done. This graph here shows, and for those of you that may be afraid, the ones that really have to worry or that we need to be concerned with just like whether it was the flu. And I'm not saying COVID is the flu. But in the, the nursing homes, some of you that have worked in nursing homes for, for years, I remember you're not allowed in because the flu is, is rampant or you don't want to come in and people are, die in those nursing homes just with the flu leading to pneumonia and they die. Of course, we want to use wisdom. But for goodness sake, that we're not bowing down because of fear. We would not bow down because of fear. We have a work that needs to be accomplished. Well, we have to listen to the government. There's something not right. So it went from flatten the curve for two weeks to let's shut down and lockdowns to mass. 
to vaccines, now vaccine boosters, now vaccine passports, and it just keeps going. And the numbers don't add up. The numbers don't add up. You might say, well, what about this year? It's much worse. Listen, if you want, I can show you a picture. Because as, as it started, or there was... Angie, you want to... So this is an updated graph. This is a week ago, StatsCan data. Um, I modified this one from the last one, just so that you're aware. The red line that you can see below, so the blue line at the top, that is the rate of death per 100,000 for people over 85 for the last five years from January 2015 to March, end of March of 2016, or two, uh, 2021. So the blue line is the over 85. Um, the red line that you can see that's around the, the 20 mark, you'll see there's a couple numbers on there. If you want to see the picture, I've got it. I'll, I'll give it to you, send it to you, whatever. If you want to see the email behind it or the, the math behind it, I'll, I'll send you that, no problem. But um, the actual rate of death per 100,000 for all of Ontario combined, so any 100,000 of Ontario residents that is in the usual configuration of it, is about 17 point something. At the peak of, of that, uh, which is in February of, of 2018, the, the highest rate of death was 17.85 17 per 100,000. That's the combined rate. Peak of COVID was 17.78. This year, uh, peak was 17.81. So that's the actual stats from Statistics Canada, all-cause mortality, latest data that's out. Um, the other lines, just for the record, the black line that you see at the bottom that you think is the bottom of the graph, that's under 44. So 44 and under, uh, rate of death is flat. It's about, it's less than one per 100,000 all the time, every year. The next line above that, the group, everything. It's everything. Suicides, accidents, whatever. It's all in there. Cancer, heart attacks, you name it, it's in there. Uh, the next lineup, which is a green one, which is around, around eight, that's from 45 to 64. And it's, you'll also notice, like if you look at it, there's a little bit of ripple, but it's, for the most part, it's a flat line. There is no difference. People die. We get that. Unfortunately, you know, they've, they've highlighted one area and put everything else aside. All right, thank you, Andrew. So, <clears throat> once again... Folks, that your faith, do you, what decree do you follow? Is it that which is of man, man or that which is of God? Is the government, you say, well, what about Romans 13? We need to obey. Let me expand for our safety. When it's no longer for our safety and there's something else going on, at that point, well, I'm not sure. Do we obey then? I say all of that to say this, putting all aside COVID and, and all the vaccine masks, all these vaccine passports, we need, to, we need to do the work of the Lord. You may have a view this morning that says, you know what, Pastor, I don't agree with you, and that's fine, and you are my brother or sister. I have no problem, and I have no issue with that, and we will have differing views 
from one extreme to the other, but for goodness sake, that we can agree at this point that we will love one another and that we will do the work of the Lord before he comes back. Can we agree on that? <laughs> the greatest work we can do now, later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness. No, is God really? Jesus, could he really rise from the dead? He rose from the dead. I don't believe it. Thomas says, unless I put my finger in his side and look, see this, the, the holes in his hands, I won't believe it until I see it. Can we believe a God? That has overcome death, has overcome hell. Can we believe that when he says, you need to go out, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I love what it says next. It says, then after the Lord spoke to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God in the place of authority where he is now. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the comforting signs. Amen. Should we live in fear? Absolutely not. We should not live in fear. We should not live according to edicts that may contradict our Constitution, our very own Constitution, I find it ironic. You know who worked on the Constitution in 1982? Who? Dad. Stepdad. Some might say stepdad. We'll say dad. Justin's father worked on this Constitution that starts off with, this is the very first, the very first statement, whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. First statement. The very first statement 40 years ago was, whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and that has not taken place. We need to pray for our election. But I'll tell you right now, if it has to be, there will be a humbling yet that comes. I believe that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is still to come. The work of harvest bringing in souls is still to come. We eight people in the last week, possibly four for sure on, on Wednesday night. Let there be a work accomplished you have loved ones. You have loved ones that need Jesus. And once again, I, I say this in all love. Your, your view of, of what I've presented today, don't shut off the God that we serve because my view might say, well, you know what? There's something that is a little bit mysterious that's going on. There is no recognition of, of God, the supremacy of God, and the rule of law that says that we can assemble together. We should assemble together religious, religiously. For goodness sake, my dear brothers and sisters, 
let us finish the work, a glorious church. I'm not saying we won't have persecution. We may. Look at what happens. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That fury that was seen. I don't know. Once again, you may not agree. The Lord didn't ask us to, to stay open. We shut down, but there was the second lockdown. There, the, the church was barricaded. They were, there was no spacing. There was no masking. There was nothing. They were barricaded from going to church. And what happened? Not one single person got sick from coming to church at that church out in Ed, uh, Alberta. They didn't get sick. But we saw what the government did to barricade another preacher. And you may not agree with the man, once again, his style or whatever. But to be handcuffed in the middle of a highway, to be stopped and handcuffed and dragged off and arrested, this is in Canada. The expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's full of fury. I see a response oftentimes, or it seems like there's a response when you have sheriff, sheriffs in their department coming into the church during the service to say, hey, listen, we're taking over the service at this point. We're shutting this down, and we need to change every single lock on the doors of your church. That just happened here in Ontario. You might say, I, yeah, you don't agree with the pastor. It's Okay. But it shows something that is happening. That is, there's something that's not quite right. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. There's more stuff coming. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men, men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the fire, burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, seven times hotter, the flame of the fire killed those who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fire, fiery furnace. Do you know what? These guys were willing to die. Those three men were willing to die, and they figured, we're, we're done. They were not going to bow down to the setup. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of fire. They are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, the ministers, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on those whose body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants. It was Jesus that was standing in that fire, and it'll be Jesus that will be standing beside you, whether it's COVID or whatever it may be. It'll be Jesus standing beside you and with you in the, in the, in the furnace. 
This angel, his angel and deliver, he has delivered, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Let that be us. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Praise God. Can we stand? I want to pray for our election, for you and for us. Lord, and I, if I, just before I begin, if I could have the worship team just come. And as soon as I'm finished, I know it's a little bit longer, this service, a little bit longer. But we, if you'd like, we can stay just a minute or two after the prayer to, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you, if you have to leave, you, you may leave. So, Lord, you said that we should pray, that we should make supplications and prayers and intercessions and to give thanks, that thanks be made for all men. And so we thank you for the men and women that were part of the Constitution. This change, Lord, as we switch from being under the British rule to being a sovereign nation on our own, Lord, that there was somebody or a group of people that felt it necessary that the... the first statement should be that there would be a recognition of your supremacy. So I say thank you, Lord, for that and for what has been put in place, Lord God. And I thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together. But Lord, we pray for those that will be placed in authority in the next week. Lord, we pray for those that will be placed to, to govern our land and truly, Lord, that it would be that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Lord God, that we could continue to do the work that is good before you. And that is right before you. Lord, I pray that we will be able to live our lives in, in honoring and glorifying you. Even as we would be able to gather together in this place, in this house Lord, we've been doing this for decades. And Lord, you, are, you kept us in this last year and a half. You have kept us whether we have been five or ten, or whether we have been a hundred or whatever number, over a hundred. Lord, you have kept us. Lord, you have given us much expansion during these times. And so we say thank you. And Lord, I pray that there will be a work accomplished in the coming days and weeks and months and the time that we have left before you return. Lord God, as you would say, your heart and desire is that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Lord, we are in agreement. We are in agreement with the work that you would have us do in these last days. Your heart and desire is that all men, Lord, should be saved, and Lord, should come to know truth, to come to know you, because you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. And so, Lord, we say yes to that. We say yes to that, Lord. And Lord, we say yes to your Spirit, unctioning us and, and empowering us to do that work. Lord, I pray for breakthroughs, Lord, that there were four, 
Lord, I had that phone call. It made my heart glad to say, hey, listen, do you have the, the, the uh, new believers class going? I, Lord, that it would not just be one new believers class. Lord, it would be another one and another and another. And Lord, that we continue on until you return. Lord, that we will do your command. I say as a pastor, and I know there are many, our, our pastor's council and, and the church that would say yes. You said you would be with us right to the end of the age as we would go out, speech, preach the gospel, making disciples, teaching them all things you've commanded us. Lord, to baptize them, you are with us. And Lord, we see that in this past year. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We acknowledge you, Jesus you are the mediator. You are the one that died for us. You gave yourself a ransom for all. And Lord, to be testified in due time, and it is due time that there would be a testifying of you at this time to testify, to glorify you, to exalt you, to speak of you, especially to those that don't know you. Lord, even as Paul was appointed a preacher and apostle and speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth, Lord, that all of us would be a witness unto you in these last days. Lord, we will go out. Lord, I pray for the work that you desire. You have already begun. And you are working right now, Lord, as we gather together this Saturday. I pray there would be an unctioning. Lord, that it would not just be us that comes or a few others or whatever. Other churches that have come, I pray there will be such an unctioning to say we will come together. We will come together to lift you up, Lord, to, to intercede for our country. Lord, to pray for the lost. Lord, to, to glorify you. Lord, I pray let there be a coming together like never before, Lord. Do a work in the body of Christ here in Niagara Falls, in the Niagara region, for your glory and honor. And everyone says... Can we give the Lord a hand? Hallelujah. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.